Welcome to the Books and Bites podcast. Each month, we bring you book recommendations and discuss the bites and beverages to pair with them. I'm Carrie Green, and I'm here with today's co-host and guest, Micah Sylvain. Hello. Micah kindly agreed to fill in for Michael, who has just welcomed a new baby into his family. So we're all very excited about for that. But we're also glad to have Micah here with us today. <laughs> Adam is out sick today during our recording, so <laughs> we're hoping that he'll be able to join us a little bit later. But for today, it's just Micah and I. So Micah, do you want to tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I work at the Ask a Librarian desk. I am the part-time reference librarian here at JCPL. My favorite genres of books that I read the most are usually fantasy. Sometimes I like contemporary literary, but I lean like to read a lot of lot of fantasy, lots of science fiction. Mm-hmm. And you are also the leader, current leader of yes. the JCPL Book Club. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So this month's book club, we are discussing The Atmospherians by Alex McElroy. The book is about Sasha Marcus, who is a former social media influencer who essentially has to go into hiding after a confrontation with an online troll goes horribly wrong. Her best friend Dyson convinces her to help him start a camp for troubled men called The Atmosphere, where the goal is to help men address their toxic masculinity and become better fathers, husbands, and citizens. This debut novel talks about issues with self-image, authenticity, and gender expectations, and the discussion will take place on Thursday, March 31st at 6 p.m. Okay, so that is one that fits into the Books and Bites Challenge, right? The yes. debut author? Yes, and Alex McElroy is a non-binary author, uh-huh. so I think that would probably check a box for a marginalized person. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so people can go to the book club and have good discussion about a book and participate in the Books and Bites Challenge at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we're talking about books recommended by young people. You know, young people is very subjective. <laughs> How did you define young people for today's challenge? So I don't know a lot of young people. Um, the youngest, the only young person in my life is two years old. So <laughs> she can't exactly recommend a book to me. So mine came from a younger version of myself. So this was a book I was actually reminded about recently that I reread because it was one of my favorites growing up and it was kind of nostalgic. Okay, well, that certainly works. (laughs) (laughs) My book that I am talking about today is recommended by my eight-year-old niece. So I will, I don't want to spoil the fun, but that's what I'll be talking about today. I know that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a child. I think most of us would still consider a college-age person a young person. (laughs) Uh, Unless you're eight, then maybe maybe you wouldn't consider that a young person. (laughs) So we are, as ever, we are quite free on our (laughs) on our challenge requirements. My book is The Cat Kid Comic Club by Dave Pilkey. 
My, as I mentioned earlier, my just turned eight years old niece recommended this graphic novel to me because, and I quote, the frog kids make their own comics and they show how they drew stuff. <laughs> Unquote. And really, I should probably stop my review right there because what else do you need to know? And I've already informed you that it's by Dave Pilkey, who is of the Captain Underpants fame. So you may also already know that there's a good chance this book features some potty humor. (laughs) And you would be right. (laughs) However, this is Books and Bites. And you must also know that however tempted I may be, I can't end my comments there. So as Rebecca pointed out, the Frog Kids do indeed make their own comics in a club headed up by Lil Petey, a cat, and his vice president, Molly, a tadpole. The Frog Kids are a little less excited about making comics than Lil Petey and Molly, mostly because they're worried about failing. So Lil Petey gives them the assignment to, quote, make a comic that is terrible, unquote. That command frees up the kids from their inner critics, enough for them to make comics that are kind of terrible, but also kind of great. Reading the kids' comics is a big part of this graphic novel's appeal. Most are drawn in a style that suggests an actual kid drew them. Some of the titles include Dennis the Toothbrush, who wanted to be a dinosaur lawyer, <laughs> Superfail, <laughs> And my personal favorite, the cute little fluffy cloud of death. (laughs) There's also one called My Dog about a dog who, quote, poops big poops, unquote. (laughs) Poops so big, they scare away the ninjas. Step-by-step drawing instructions are included after some of the comics. At the end of My Dog, for example, there are instructions for how to draw my dog's poops, including poops with personality, such as Ninja Poop and Winnie the Poop. (laughs) (laughs) And just when you start to think it's all getting too scatological, the frog kid's dad, Flippy the Fish... And I should add that the interspecies relationships between the characters are never explained. Swoops in to declare that, quote, from now on, everyone's comics must be wholesome and uplifting with good values and morals, unquote. But with a little outside help, Flippy realizes that he shouldn't make demands on the kids' creativity, and they all write new, improved comics. One of my personal pet peeves about contemporary children's literature is that so much of it comes packaged with lessons. And while Cat Kid Comic Club follows that trope, the lessons are ones that both kids and adults often need. Besides, the book's humor helps those lessons go down easy. At the end of the book, the kids have a party to celebrate the club's first week, and they all bring food inspired by their comics. My personal favorite of the dishes they bring are the dog poo brownies. (laughs) Quote, they're just regular brownies, Pedro explains, but I rolled them into little balls, then squeezed them together. (laughs) Unquote. (laughs) 
we regularly consume brownies from a mix in my house, but if you don't have any on hand, you might try Catherine Hepburn's brownie recipe. They come out really gooey, which would make for the perfect, quote, disgustingly delicious, unquote, brownies. We'll link to the recipe on our blog. And hopefully, Catherine Hepburn was not turning over in her grave about <laughs> dog poo brownies. <laughs> My recommendation was my favorite book when I was about 12 years old, and it's called Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted is a middle grade fantasy about a girl who is, quote, blessed with the, quote, gift of obedience at birth by a well-meaning but foolish fairy named Lucinda. Ella has to obey every command that she's given, and she has to find ways to assert her independence around the bounds of the spell and eventually find a way to break it. When Ella's mother dies, her often absent father sends her off to finishing school where Ella rebels as much as she can against the orders she's given to sit up straight, make perfect stitches, and dance gracefully. For instance, when the music instructor tells Ella to not sing so loudly, she'll sing so quietly that she can't be heard. Then her teacher will tell her to sing louder, and Ella will sing almost as loud as before, and they'll go back and forth until they find the sweet spot. Ella finds out that her father is going to a wedding and leaves finishing school on her own to try to find Lucinda and get her to revoke the gift. Along the way, she meets elves who give her shelter and supplies and then is captured by ogres who can magically persuade their prey to be eaten and is rescued by Prince Charmont, who she had struck up a friendship with earlier in the book. Lucinda refuses to revoke her gift, so Ella returns home and her father remarries. Ella's new stepsisters and stepmother figure out that she has to do everything that she's told, so they command her to be their servant, alongside the family's longtime cook and Ella's fairy godmother, Mandy, while Ella's father is away. Prince Charmont declares his love for Ella, but she rejects him because she fears her gift will put him in danger. Ella has to find a way to get out from under her stepfamily's control, break the spell, and get the prince. Ella is a fun funny, smart, and resourceful heroine, and the fantasy setting full of magic, gnomes, elves, fairies, giants, and ogres is delightful, with a twist on the Cinderella story. This book means a lot to me because Ella was the exact type of protagonist I loved as a girl, noticing that most books were about boys. It's an action-packed book with endearing characters and a charming fantasy setting that I'd recommend to any fantasy lover. And I think that this book would pair really well with ramen because at the beginning of the book the fairy godmother gives ella and her mother a curing soup with unicorn hairs in it (laughs) (laughs) and we don't have unicorn hairs but noodles are the next best thing (laughs) so i recommend the cookbook let's make ramen a comic book cookbook and this is available on the shelf in the cooking section I mean, it is hard to go wrong with ramen. <laughs> Noodles are always the next, well, yeah. or, or the best thing. Yeah. Not, not necessarily the next. Yeah, they're much more appealing than unicorn hairs, too, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, is that, I know I've seen that book in the library. Mm-hmm. Was there a movie or anything made? Yes, um, there was a movie that came out, I think, early knots. 
Mm-hmm. And I watched it a lot as a kid. It's very different from the book. Both are delightful, but they're very different. Uh-huh. So if you read the book, don't expect the same thing from the movie. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Well, I mean, the book is yeah usually always better. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part. Well, thank you, Micah, for sharing your book from your younger self. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. So I have just a few other recommendations from my niece, Rebecca. She also really enjoys the Ivy and Bean series. And she said she liked them, quote, because they go on adventures. I've read most of that series with her, and I can say that the humor appeals to both kids and adults. This beginning chapter book series is the story of two unlikely friends. She also loves the Princess in Black series so much that she dressed up as the Princess in Black for Halloween this past year. (laughs) So (laughs) I consider that a pretty big, since I'm the one that got her started on the Princess in Black series, I'm pretty excited about that. She also, when I first gave her a book from you know, the first book from that series and was kind of explaining the plot to her. It's about a princess who, you know, also um, goes out and fights monsters and stuff like that, (laughs) dressed, dressed in black. It's a very empowering, you know, if you're trying to get somebody away from the Disney princess (laughs) stories, this is a great option. But when I was telling her about it, she was probably five years old, she said, Aunt Carrie, I just like regular princess books about princesses doing regular (laughs) princess stuff. (laughs) But anyway, as you can tell, as soon as she started reading it, she changed her mind. That reminds me of The Princess Bride, but Princess Buttercup and Wesley are the same character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is kind of like that. Yeah, also... One of those books that have you have you read that book or yeah yeah I've just watched the movie like a million yeah. <laughs> times <laughs> and always like thought about reading the book. How, how does the book measure up to the, the book? Is it's a little bit different. It's cl- it's pretty close, but it goes into more of the backstory with Inigo and Fezzik. Okay, so it kind of talks more about how they got to teaming up with Vizini. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's a pretty interesting gimmick where it's written as if the author didn't write it, like it's an old book by S. Morgenstern, but Mm -hmm. S. Morgenstern isn't a real person. So Mm -hmm. it's, like, written as if it's, like, being translated. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, one of these days I'll have to... have to make up a Books and Bites challenge just so I can read (laughs) (laughs) Princess Right. And then... The final series I wanted to mention, we are also big fans of the Bink and Golly series by Kate DiCamillo and Allison McGee. And that's another series about two unlikely friends who go on adventures. When I visit my family in Florida, we often read together on our drives to the beach. 
And this particular series always has Rebecca, my mom, and me cracking up the whole way. So (laughs) it appeals to a wide range of ages. So I think, you know, you don't have to be a child to enjoy children's (laughs) literature. It's definitely, especially the way things are these days. Yeah. It's a nice, can be a nice escape. Yeah. Hi, folks. So we are recording this separately because I have been under the weather for a few days with these seasonal allergies. So if this sounds a little bit different, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so for this month, literally the only suggestions I got from young people, because the theme this month is books suggested by a young person, they were all manga. So Uh you can't be upset that I chose manga again. And the fact that I asked for suggestions during Teen Manga Club is completely irrelevant. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was this, very convenient. It was, but it's completely out of my hands. I did what I could. <laughs> so, Shoujo Divine Comedy, Kamisama Kiss by Julieta Suzuki, sees high school student Nanami Momozano tricked into becoming a local deity after her father skips town to avoid loan sharks, <laughs> making Nanami homeless in the process. There's no shortage of romantic comedy manga featuring humans dropped into the spiritual realm. While I do find romantic tension between teens and immortal entities a little bit of a red flag in my literature, it's nonetheless a really common theme. After all, one of the most popular YA paranormal romance series features a teen building a relationship with an immortal vampire who, for some reason, continues to attend rural high school of his own volition. Um, But... I'm going off on a huge tangent, so let me hop off my soapbox. The <laughs> fact is, I've heard so many teens recommend Kamiya-sama Kiss that it feels like time I gave it some attention. It really is an entertaining and culturally educational read, including some introduction to Shinto terms and Japanese honorifics. Though I'd advise doing supplemental research on Shinto if you're really interested in the facts. It's not a romantic comedy's job to be a 100% accurate representation. So as far as the story goes, we start off with an intro to Nanami's home life, barely scraping by due to her father's debts. She comes home to find a note saying, I'm going on a trip. Sorry, don't look for me. Signed, Dad. (laughs) Followed by a court-ordered eviction from their home. In a nearby park, Nanami ruminates on what to do next, but is interrupted by the sound of a stranger being chased up a tree by a dog and who's yelling for help. Not being afraid of dogs herself, she steps in to help and is rewarded with a too-good-to-be-true promise of a new home and sent off with a surprise kiss on the forehead along with directions. She's not expecting a lot, but is frustrated to find the promised home is in fact a shrine and that the shrine is inhabited by Mononoke, supernatural entities, including a precocious fox spirit and two Onibi Warashi, which are like will-o'-the-wisps according to the, the book's glossary. After a good scare from the residents who mistake her for the shrine's missing deity, they deduce the previous Tochigami, which is a deity of a specific area. So the the deity of that specific shrine blessed her as the new shrine deity when he kissed her on the forehead. That's right. 
<laughs> the weird dude at the park was a local god who wanted to skip out on the job. And now Nanami is stuck with it. So, yeah, fun stuff. The first volume follows Nanami deciding whether or not to stay, including a sojourn with the Onibu Warashi into the other side, or the world of the Mananoke, to visit the fox spirit who served the last Tochigami of the shrine. Well, it sounds like a really heavy story, and I know I throw, throw a lot of terms out there. It's done in a very light way with lots of awkward moments, funny asides, and tongue-in-cheek moments. Very romantic comedy. There's even a little action and suspense peppered in, which, in addition to the easy-going comedic feel, makes the story appealing to readers who are averse to romance-laden plot lines. The last thing I'll mention, which calls back to my point in the beginning about the book being a good introduction to Shinto terminology and Japanese honorifics, is that the title is actually very descriptive of the story's beginning if we break it down. According to the volume's glossary, kami are Shinto deities or spirits, and sama is a Japanese honorific used with people of a much higher rank. So the catalyst for the story was when Nanami was kissed on the forehead by a shrine's most high-ranking spirit, Kami-sama kiss. It's just a cute little aha moment for me when I realized that, so I wanted to make sure I pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, And, you know, if you want a nice little snack, why not accompany Kamisama Kiss with some tasty mochi? The romantic antagonist's favorite snack is sasa mochi, sticky rice cakes wrapped in bamboo leaves. But there's plenty of other kinds of mochi available, even in grocery stores, also in Asian markets. Or if you want to try your hand at making some, you could check out Mochi Magic by Kaori Becker, which is available with a JCPL card through Hoopla Digital. And Kamisama Kiss itself is available in hard copy at JCPL. Great. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, did the teens you recommended it tell you why they liked it? So uh, a lot of what I hear is that they like that it's got a little bit of romance in it, but it's not really heavy. Like Mm -hmm. they want just a little touch of romance (laughs) because they're getting used (laughs) to the concept. And when it gets really like soppy, it's not appealing to them anymore. So it's good to have little breaks for comedy and for a little bit of action and not just have like slopping all over each other, (laughs) kissing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, I I would agree with them on on that preference. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweet saccharine romance is there for some people, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. So Mm -hmm. and this one, you know, I think it's it's a really light read. It feels kind of like a slice of life story, like some of these storylines that involve deities just trying to live their daily lives. It's, it's Mm kind of fun. And I did say romantic antagonist earlier. That's the best terminology I can come up with for for the romantic fixation in this because they really don't get along with each other. They hate each other's guts <laughs> in the beginning, at least. This is it's like a love hate kind of thing. Like yeah. they like each other, but they hate each other. That always makes for good tension in like a romantic comedy kind of movie or TV or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of fight for it. There's a little bit of each of them kind of weighing the pros and cons instead of just going right for it. And then that's the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a really good basis for some good comedy too. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're glad you're feeling better. And thanks for coming in and uh, 
Oh, that's all right. Yeah, thanks for working me in. Yeah, we got it. We got it worked out. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Books and Bites podcast. To learn more about the Books and Bites challenge, visit our website at jesspublib.org slash books hyphen bites. Our theme song is The Breakers by Scott Whitten from his album In Close Quarters with the Enemy. To learn more about Scott and his music, visit his website, adoreforadesk.com.